Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Happy June. It is June 1st. I love June. You know, you got to love June. You know, since you're a kid, you know, you get out of school in June. It's warm. The days are really long. You get to hang out outside till, you know, nine o'clock at night. Fond, fond memories of June. And now I celebrate Pride Month. So it's uh, big as an adult. I have not issued my statement in support of my intersex friends. I will. I'll get to that. The White House did. The White House issued a statement on lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and intersex Pride Month. They're flying the pride flag at embassies, including at the Vatican, which is obviously a, is, is a slap in the face of uh, your host country, the Holy See, but they don't care. As, uh, as Ben Shapiro just tweeted out, Ben Shapiro, who, who retweeted me yesterday to his like 9 million followers. I appreciate it, Ben. He uh, tweeted out that they would never, ever fly the pride flag in an Islamic country, but that's the way they do it. Uh, they don't care. It is it is anti-Catholic bigotry, but whatever. Um, I Usually when I ask you questions, Ironhead, you have no answer. Usually you give me that blank stare. It's like asking my dog Toby a question. But uh, <laughs> quick question. Since we're celebrating, since we're celebrating Pride Month, mm-hmm. and I think it's I think it's homophobic because it's only 30 days. I mean, is it shouldn't they get a 30 get a, a month that has 31 days? The our our intersex friends, our our queer friends. It's such a bizarre development when you think about it. You spend a month celebrating people a very small minority of Americans just because of who they have sex with. You know, that's, that's what we're celebrating. You have sex with people of your same gender. Let's uh, have a month, fly a flag and celebrate. I understand the lesbian gay. I understand bisexual. Although my friend, Alex Reamer uh, used to insist there's no such thing. Not me. I didn't say Peter. Transgender. We're celebrating transgender. We'll get to Leah. You know, Leah had her big uh, moment. Leah talked. Leah Thomas talked to Good Morning America. She found a soft landing space and gets her support from uh, Good Morning America. Queer. I don't even know what that means anymore. Queer. It used to be a slur. Now it's something the White House celebrates. And intersex. I suppose I should have done this before the show, but uh, what does that mean? Ironhead, what's intersex? Uh, I don't. There's a, there's a new one every day, like, and it doesn't make sense. Uh, and true, there's a new letter. This this a a is uh, asexual. I don't know what a is. And then there's a plus. I was gonna say there's a plus ex- exclamation mark and an at we, symbol coming. Down I thought the I always thought the Q was questioning, but now I guess Q has become queer mm. and uh, intersex. I don't know. I don't know. I suppose I could Google and read about it, celebrate it, but uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not ready. To th- I'm not ready to do that. I'm not ready to celebrate intersex 
people. I'm I'm busy celebrating transgender and queer people this month, but uh, it's a big month. There'll be pride uh, parades. They'll, the corporations, American corporations, will try to out woke each other. There'll be you know, red, white, and blue Oreo cookies. And, uh, you know, there'll be commercials where they are celebrating our, our gay pride friends. And they will, they will do their best to keep the LBGTQAI plus mob off their backs. That's the goal. Uh, that's the, the, that's the reason people, lots of people are afraid to criticize Leah Thomas, who is a punk and a bully and a and, and not a very stable person. We're, we're going to get to the interview because I do want to thank Leah. Leah did one thing in this first sit-down interview. Leah did a, a, a I believe an interview with Sports Illustrated back when she was uh, when he was uh, bullying the girls in the pool in the Ivy League, and of course Sports Illustrated celebrated the bully. Everybody, all the mainstream media. Everybody at ESPN, everyone at uh, all the major networks, celebrate this bully. They don't care about girls. I mean, I've been making that point for years that the that the victims here, the girls who lose their trophies and lose their records and lose their honors and their medals to Leah and other uh, men, uh, biological men, transgender women, they don't matter. I mean, it's just they, 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 the, the women, uh, a lot of the when the teammates and opponents of Leah in Ivy League swimming and in the NCAA swimming uh, championships, they were ordered to shut up and take it. The University of Pennsylvania swimmers, the teammates, one of them anonymously spoke to Matt Walsh at Daily Wire. She had to shroud her identity and change her voice. And there's invariably some criticism of those women for not stepping forward, not putting their name on it. But the people who criticize them don't know what it's like to go up against the trans mob. I mean, these are vicious, ruthless people who will ruin you. The school brought in when teammates questioned why Leah was allowed to uh, break all their records and steal all their glory and on top of that, walk around naked in the locker room. That's how you know Leah is a punk and a bully is because Leah liked to walk around naked in the locker room. Leah liked to, and, and Leah hasn't had any surgeries. She's, uh, he's taking hormones, I guess, but he liked to just let it all hang out and wave it in their, his teammates' faces. That's a punk and a bully. And uh, I'm not sure how anybody could support that. People always say, oh, I have a daughter or I have a sister. I don't care if you have a daughter or not. That That's inappropriate. That's disgusting that this guy would walk around naked and show it off and compare himself to Jackie Robinson, which is what he did because he went in the pool. He was a, also ran in the, in the men's swimming, ranked 486th or something. Uh, we'll get to that. The, the Good Morning America interviewer says, your critics say you weren't highly ranked as a man. Uh, no, the critics don't say it. The rankings say it. The NCAA says it. He was a low-ranked men's swimmer, became the top-ranked women's swimmer in a blink of an eye, and we're supposed to celebrate that, particularly this month. But Leah gives it all away in this interview. Leah gets to the heart of the matter and explains why the whole idea of transgender women beating up on women 
is, is, is just wrong in sports. It's just wrong. And Lee will explain it to us. And I think do us all a favor here, because if you listen closely, you don't hear Leah talk about his teammates. You don't hear Leah talk about his coaches or his opponents. It's all about him. It's all about how he makes him feel. How could that possibly be a justification? How could that possibly be a rationale for allowing a man to beat up on the women, whether it's track or, or weightlifting or swimming or soon to be uh, golf or WNBA, it's not going to stop. There's going to be more Leah's because the mainstream media is celebrating and organizations, institutions make special accommodations like the NCAA back to the teammates. You know what the, the, the school did when teammates complained and pointed out how unfair this is just basically stating a fact saying this is unfair they brought in LBGTQ activists and therapists to talk to the girls. In other words, this, this, this bully who is clearly uh, enjoying beating up on the girls, he didn't need, he doesn't need any therapy. He doesn't need any counseling. The girls who complained <laughs> that it was unfair, they're the ones who needed the therapists. They're the ones who needed to talk to activists about their bigotry. It's just ups, it's upside down world. And these, these, these institutions, again, like an Ivy League school or the NCAA, are just bowing to the mob and doing something that's wildly unpopular. There's, I mean, you'll, you'll, it, you'll, you'll be hard pressed to find an actual poll that is, is honest and fair, but I'm going to say 80% of the public finds this wrong. Uh, I'm going to say 100% of the public knows it's competitively unfair. The, the, I, I just laugh when I hear people say, Oh, there's no proof that it's unfair. Do you have eyes? Have you seen a picture? Have you seen a video? There's a great snapshot. It's a still photo of the start of one of uh, Leah's races. Have you seen this? And there's like, eight girls and there's Leah. And because Leah is born a man, Leah has the muscles. Leah has the strength when they jump off the pool, whatever you call it, dive into the pool. Leah goes like eight feet past off. The girls can only go so far. Boom. And they're in the pool. Leah just at the start has a huge advantage and, and, you know, swims. And as we, as we saw, he won, one race by like you know a minute, which was unheard of, just dominates and then gets out and makes it all about him. Doesn't care about the teammates. Doesn't care that these girls have trained their whole lives for this chance to, to win a whatever Ivy league title, NCAA title, just win a race. He, he steals that from them. And we're supposed to see, yeah, there it is. Those are all girls. And then there's the guy in the middle just can jump higher. Just can, uh, do things they can't ever do. Just he's born with an advantage and it's absurd to even debate it. And hell, the New York times had a story over the weekend that said doctors agree or doctors confirm that Leah Thomas has a physical advantage. And as I tweeted, thank God for doctors. How would we have known that without doctors? How would we have known that this six foot three inch broad shouldered man who was a competitive college swimmer as a man a year earlier, 
has an advantage over the girls. I guess we can, we appreciate the, uh, you know, the, the, the physicians confirming it, but Leah also confirms why this whole thing is so perverse. <laughs> There's another great photo. If you're watching along on locals, this is the real win, the real three who belong to the metal stand on the right. If you're looking at the screen, all biological girls, there's the second, third, and fourth place swimmer. And then there's Leah on the left, all by hers, all by himself, standing tall. He's got a foot on these girls and much, I mean, the length, the strength, just every possible physical advantage. Everybody knows it's unfair, but everybody in everybody in power is so afraid of the woke mob. They're so afraid of the trans mob that they just bow. That the, the key here is Leah has important allies who intimidate the people who make the call, make the decision, and fill them with fear and dread that if they don't bow, they'll be labeled homophobic, transphobic, bigoted, whatever. And it works. It works for the the, the Connecticut kids and who dominated girls track. It works for the weightlifter in whatever New Zealand. It works for people who want to, to dominate the girls and steal their trophies and get ready. Cause it's not going to get any better. Um, just waiting for a guy to dominate women's golf or dominate the WNBA or dominate division one girls basketball. There's a statistic I've referenced it many, many times. It's from, I think two years ago, the top, Women's the, the the greatest 400 meter runner in women's history like holds all the records. In the same year, she broke the world record. There were 275 high school kids in America, high school boys who beat that record. Like 16, 17 year old boys are faster than the fastest women in the world. That's how it works. I mean, <laughs> they, they, there's just there's just no debate. It's just not fair. Um, the the women's soccer team, you know, Megan Rapinoe and the girls who mm. are now getting paid the same as the boys, got dominated by a junior high school team in Texas, I believe. I mean, they could never compete with the men. I have a friend, and I was talking to him uh, two weeks ago. He had just come from his daughter's soccer game, and his daughter's nine, and he said, I said, how it, how'd it go? He says, well, uh, it went okay, except for uh, one kid on the other team just dominated us. And I said, oh, is she a good player? He goes, uh, she was a, a good male player uh, last year, <laughs> and now she's a great female player, nine years old. He goes, he said, we, they, his team, his daughter's team, he said they just couldn't stop him, lost six to two. He goes, we, we scored two goals. He scored six. He said he scored six and could have scored 10 or 12. He just dominated nine-year-old girls. And those nine-year-old girls are supposed to go home, you know, whatever, go to you know, stop for a, for an ice cream, a dairy, uh, whatever, and go just stop for some donuts or Dunkin' Donuts to sit and say, boy, we gave it our best. But the boy kicked their ass. And they, even at that age, aren't allowed to say, gee, coach, this doesn't seem fair. This doesn't. That kid was playing the boys last year when he was eight, and now that he's nine, and he's kicking our ass. I think it would be pretty great, though, if Brooks Kepka just all of a sudden felt like a woman and joined the LPGA. It's going to happen. It is going to happen. I don't know if it'll be Brooks Kepka, but there'll be a golfer 
And just wait for that because golf, people think golf is not one of those sports that oh, it is. You know, could. Ooh, it's uh, I've played with men and women, really good ones. In fact, uh, professionals. And that you think that it's about strength and like distance. The advantage, the thing that men do better than women in golf is not necessarily hidden. They obviously hit it farther, but around the greens, putting, chipping, they just have better hands. They have better skill. If a man decides to, that he's feeling pretty like Leah and wants to <laughs> play against the women, he will dominate oh, and yeah. it will be a joke. There's going to be more and more of this because people are afraid to stand up to the mob. But I do think Leah did not do himself any favors when he sat down with Good Morning America. Clearly, they, they love him and they support him and they, and they play along. But I want you to play the question. Did you get the, what the interviewer's name is for me? I'm still looking. Get her name. Get her name because she asks, you know, obviously she's there to support Leah. They, 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 don't, they don't care about women. The NCAA, uh, you name it, uh, Ivy League, my friend's soccer league, do not care about girls. They do not care that girls get embarrassed. They get dominated. Uh, there is no, <laughs> there's no one standing up for the girls. They just, they are collateral damage as we advance this crazy woke agenda. But she asks Leah um, about a competitive advantage, which clearly... Leah has, and Leah decides to steer the conversation in another direction. Doesn't want to, I guess, doesn't want to lie and say, yeah, you know, I don't have an advantage. I'm bigger, stronger, fat, but I don't, but decides to go a different direction. And when he does that, he sums up the whole problem for this whole, this whole movement. It's all about the feelings of one person at the expense of all the others. It's like the most narcissistic thing. It doesn't matter that I'm physically stronger. I'm, I'm physically superior. I'm happy, says Leah. God, did you, did you get her name for Ju me? Juju Chang. Juju Chang's the interviewer. And again, she unintentionally does a little uh, journalism here and asks a good question. And listen to Leah's answer. It explains a lot. Thomas started her senior year on the women's team, but her success in the water was met with outrage leading up to the NCAA championships. Her critics say she jumped in the rankings between the men's and the women's team. And there are some who look at the data and suggest that you're enjoying a competitive advantage. What do you say to that? There's a lot of factors that go into a race and how how well you do. And the biggest change for me is that I'm happy. And sophomore year, um, where I had my best times competing with the men, I was miserable. And so having that be lifted is incredibly relieving and allows me to put my all into training into racing trans people don't transition for athletics we transition yes they do <laughs> right. uh, it doesn't matter i mean i don't care whether you do it or not the question is is it fair is it an honest competition and we all know it's not did you hear that though first of all i, I mentioned this before juju says your critics say you jumped in the rankings <laughs> that's objective. You don't, it yeah. doesn't matter what your critics say, you clown. Of course he jumped in the rankings. Look it up. 
we've, I've tweeted this many times. It was, I think the number was 400 and whatever, 87 or something is a man. Number one is a woman. Yeah. I'm going to say Juju that Leah jumped in the rankings. Secondly, the question was clear. It was direct. Do you enjoy a competitive advantage? The most important thing is I'm happy. That's what this is about. These bullies like this, just like the, you know, the track stars in, in Connecticut, they like to win and they don't care that it's not fair. They don't care that they're kicking ass and, and, and ruining these girls, you know, whatever the, the girls day or the girls race or the girls college career. They don't care about the girls. They don't care about their teammates. If you cared about their teammates, would you wave your wiener in their face in the locker room? Of course not. You'd show a little respect. It's not hard to do, but he didn't care. But the, the answer is, uh, of course, he had, uh, enjoys the competitive advantage, but it's all about indulging the desires, the whims, the fantasy, the, 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 the wishes of one person, of one person. And if it means destroying the sport, so be it. That's the, the whole, what's the whole movement's about? The hell with fairness, the hell with the girls. We want the trans individual to be happy. And what makes Leah happy is beating the crap out of girls. It's just so insane. It's so perverse. It, it, it falls apart. The whole argument, the whole case for transgender women, biological men being allowed to pe- compete against the girls, the whole thing falls apart in that one answer. Oh, sure. Well, I don't know about competitive edge, but I'm happy. When I was losing, Leah says, when I was losing, I was miserable. Now that I'm winning, I'm happy. Well, hell, by that logic, you know, you, you, you know, you should, Ironhead, you should go out for that nine-year-old Pop Warner team. It has nothing to you do know? with athletics, though. Don't forget. Nothing, right. But, but that's what he says. Well, transgender people don't transition for sports. Well, so what? That's not the question of why you transition. I think it probably is, but mm. so what? It doesn't matter. You could transition for whatever reason you want. The only question that matters is, is it fair? Is it an honest competition? And we all know the answer. And now the, we all know the motive. I was miserable getting my ass kicked as a man. But, man, it is fun to win. Some people, they don't want to win a rigged game. I mean, you don't want to. That's, I, I always go back to this. When you play pickup basketball, I'm guessing you haven't played a lot of pickup basketball in your life. But, you know, when I, I did oh. for years. When you show up at the gym and there's 10 guys, do you say, I want to get the five best guys on one team? Of course not. You try to make even teams. It's when you're a kid in the park playing baseball or, or, or football or whatever. Um, we want to make it when you play two on two in the driveway. Do you pay? Let's get the two best kids and kick their ass. Of course not. Every sport at every level requires some competitiveness, some fairness. This clown, Leah, this narcissistic, self-indulgent bully doesn't care that it's not fair. It's irrelevant to him. How his teammates and, and uh, fellow competitors feel. He doesn't care. It's all about making him happy. That's what the whole freaking movement is about. As long as I'm happy, then the hell with you. It's like with all the teachers on libs of TikTok who sit there and talk about their, their gender and their transition and their I'm non-binary. And you say, what about the kids? Are you there to confuse, you know, first graders or kindergarten kids or, or to teach them? 
They don't care about the kids. They care about them and their own feelings and their own identity and my truth and my honest, authentic self. It's just obscene. And obviously the mainstream media is going to play along with it. Much of the media, much of the you know, celebrities and the, the politicians, they'll play along with it. The White House will celebrate transgender people in a, for a month and they will never, ever call this out. It is frightening the power they wield. When you, when you think about this, I, I, I tweeted this yesterday. Matt Walsh obviously talks about this all the time. He's got a book and a movie coming out. And, uh, and he mentioned when you talk, you talk about like the drag queen story hour, the drag queens that go into kindergartens and third grade classes and shake it and dance for kids. If those were women, actual women, then that would never be allowed. It'd be considered inappropriate if you had some stripper going into a third grade class, not stripping, but dancing, you'd say that's crazy, but it's a man pretending to be women. So it's all in good fun. It's the, the, the power and the effectiveness with which the trans mob, the trans crowd advances their agenda is frightening. And how anyone could look at Leah, how anyone could listen to Leah and say, that's cool. That's cool. Good for her. Happy. She won all those races and broke all those records Somebody, some, I mean, at some point we have to call this out for the, for the, the insanity, the perversion it is. And there's no better place than sports because it's not like everything doesn't require winners and losers and competitive and fairness and sports does. And what they're doing is ruining girls sports, ruining women's sports. And I think you're right, man, when there's a golfer, it's going to be worse. And when there's a, you know, college or division one basketball player just dominating is going to be worse. Let's, let's be honest the, the, the an average high school team could beat, you know, UConn women's team, an average boys high school team. It's just, it, it wouldn't be fair. It won't be fair. And until more people stand up and kick and scream and everybody wanted the teammates at Penn to put, go on the record. I for one don't blame them because we don't know. You don't know what would happen if they went on the record and said, damn it, this isn't fair. This guy's, you know, walking around naked in the locker room trying to intimidate us. He's, he's making it all about him calling himself Jackie Robinson. He doesn't care about us. That person would find uh, life difficult at university of Pennsylvania. They would punish that teammate. That teammate might lose her scholarship. That team might be kicked off the team. She might suffer in the classroom socially, I mean, you just can't stand up to this mob unless you're willing and ready to face the consequences. And I don't blame some 19 year old college girl if she's afraid of that mob because they are scary. Uh, is there anything else from Leah that, that's any good? Because I, the more she talks, the worse, the more he talks, the worse, uh, <laughs> the worse he sounds and the more unfair it seems and the more self-indulgent it seems. But, uh, um, she wants, uh, he wants to go to the Olympics. Good luck with yeah, that. Not happening. Not Good happening. luck with that. I mean, I, I hope he does. Cause then he'll just draw more attention to this insanity. But, uh, anyway, all right, we got a, we got a lot to get to. I, you know, I did want to brag before we get to all this other stuff. Uvalde, we got an update on Uvalde big day. And, uh, I, Joe Biden didn't say it. His spokesman did, but we have one of the dumbest, craziest things statements, positions to come out of the Biden administration. It kind of went under the radar, but we want to play it and talk about it. I'm looking up at the TV right now, and I do want to brag about one thing. 
I have not watched a minute of Amber Heard versus Johnny Depp. Not a minute. I have managed to kind of ignore it. And I did it on intentionally, deliberately, because uh, I read the story at the beginning of the trial about her, you know, dropping a, a, a deuce, taking a dump in the bed. And I just was repulsed. A grumpy. And, <laughs> and I said, I don't want to hear anymore. I don't know who's going to win. The jury's still out. I don't, I'm not rooting for one side or the other. They both seem like such creeps. Uh, but I think the coverage has been a little over the top because I don't think, I don't find either. I don't find, feel like I'm rooting. Normally in these cases, you're rooting for one side or the other. In this case, I don't care what happens. You gotta, you at, gotta root for Johnny Depp though, or else this, this stuff's going to just keep happening. The, the women just make, she's making a bunch of, I don't know how much truth there is, but she's making a whole bunch of stuff up and trying Depp, to make it look bad. Depp makes surprise appearance. He's up on stage singing and playing the guitar with Jeff Beck. I didn't even know Jeff Beck was still around, but, uh, uh, and he looks, he just looks like a dirt bag, but it was all dirty. And ugh, he, he was such a good looking young guy. Now he's just a creepy old man, but they're just bad people. We can't root for one side or the other, but, uh, uh, that's enough. That's it for our Johnny Depp Amber Heard talk for today. It's pretty in depth. Uh, I think the people will appreciate it. They know what's going on now. All right. Now, good. You're updated. We don't have a decision yet. Uh, jury resumes deliberation. So, jury is deliberating. I want to get to this Laura Ingram interview with We Think, We Think, the hero of Evaldi. We'll get to all the Evaldi stuff and we'll get to that crazy, insane statement from the Biden administration. But first, and I'm so excited to introduce our newest sponsor, Bastion Bolt Action Pens. If you're the type of person who prefers good old-fashioned pen and paper, like me, to digital note-taking, you want a pen that performs. That's why I'm thrilled to have Bastion Pens as our sponsor, because these are designed in the USA to last a lifetime. The Bastion Executive Bolt Action Pen combines the highest quality materials and modern design with fine-tuned craftsmanship as luxurious as it is practical. They have several material options to choose from, including carbon fiber, stainless steel, aluminum, and titanium. No matter which material you go with, the pens are strong enough to break through glass or be used for a weapon of self-defense in case of emergency. That's important. By being the perfect fusion of tactical and luxury, Bastion pens are more than just a writing tool. The bolt action mechanism is extremely satisfying and fun to fidget with. It is. I got my bolt action pen right here, and this thing is solid. I could take out an eye if I'm not careful. To help you write your legacy, Bastion pens has a special offer for listeners of the Jerry Callahan Show. Use promo code Jerry, that's G-E-R-R-Y, check out and get 20% off your entire order. That's promo code Jerry for 20% off. Just go to bastionboltactionpen.com or click the link in our social media. Father's Day is coming up and there's no better way to celebrate than by giving the gift of patriotism in a cup of Callahan coffee to your dad. Callahan coffee is a premium dark roast, roasted fresh to order in Waltham, Mass, and guaranteed to be the best cup of coffee dad's ever drank or drunk. Or drank. To celebrate the big day, we're offering 15% off Callahan Coffee by using the code word Eat the Chips. If you've followed me over the years, you know what that means. Eat the chips. You can also get 15% off a Bug the Chug mug by using the same code. Thanks to all of you who've tried and enjoyed Callahan Coffee already. And if you haven't tried it yet, this is your chance. Go to CallahanCoffee.com or click the link in our social media bio. All right, the... Uh, I would love to say there's some good news out of Vivaldi. There isn't. 
There isn't because secretly, I, I don't know why I'm focused on this chief. I think it's his fault. I think he should be fired. I think he should be arrested. I think he should be charged. This Pete Pedro Arredondo, the one who ordered the cops to stand down in the hallway. He is no longer cooperating with Texas state investigators. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. He's lawyered up, but quietly yesterday, we don't know what time. We don't know if it was like during the one of the funerals or during uh, a memorial service. He was sworn into the city council. Are you telling me that you couldn't have delayed that a few more days? If you're not, if you're not familiar with Pete Arredondo, he's a big bald guy. Uh, he's the chief. He made the call. He decided it was a barricaded suspect situation, even while the bullets were flying and this guy and Ramos was killing kids. His fault, I think. His fault. He is now a city councilor. And he's a city, he's a sitting of all these city council, the guy who allowed 19 children and two teachers to be slaughtered. Wonderful. And he's not cooperating with uh, authorities. That's one. That's one of the disturbing developments. Hopefully, it all change. Hopefully, this is we'll look back and laugh and say they were just biding their time and doing their due diligence, and he'll be kicked off the city council and fired from the police force and arrested and charged and convicted and sent away. That has to happen. The other thing that kind of baffles me: last night, Laura Ingram had an exclusive. She had Jacob Alvarado. Jacob Alvarado is the border patrol agent whose wife was a teacher at, a, at a Rob elementary and daughter was a student. We've talked about him. We've mentioned him. He was the guy who was getting a haircut and heard his wife. He was at the school for a ceremony. It was, I think the last day of school, the second to last day for some award ceremony with his daughter and his wife in the morning, he left to go get a haircut. He was in town at the barbershop when his wife called and said, there's a shooter in the school, help us. He grabs the barber's uh, shotgun. Now, I can't even say this at this point without saying, did this really happen or did someone make this fairy tale up? Because it feels like, and I've mentioned many times, uh, like the stories you hear initially when these things happen and, you know, you hear these heroic stories and you wonder, did someone, you know, kind of, exaggerate this to make it sound to make it the more appealing the ghost of Vivaldi. yeah the ghost (laughs) good one the ghost of kiev who shot down 97 russian fighters um you know that that that, they had the picture and it was a comedian uh whatever his name is that his face was superimposed (laughs) on the on the on the pilot's body and uh, that idiot adam kinzinger tweeted out said this is amazing and it was it was all made up. There was no ghost of Kiev. Well, the ghost of Vivaldi is this Jacob Alvarado. And I'm just hoping, I'm praying it's true because it's a great story. And he seems like a, a decent guy and certainly seems like a great husband and father. But he takes the shotgun. The barber goes with him, by the way, gets in the car, drives to the school. At this point, we know that yellow crime tape is up and the, uh, the heroic Vivaldi cops are handcuffing mothers who are trying to go save their kids and getting ready to tase parents who are uh, uh, frantic, wondering if their children are being slaughtered in the school. You can hear the bullets and and uh, Arredondo's ordering people to just hang out. They ordered, a, I don't know, we ordered pizza, guys. Just wait, wait in the hallway. We're going to eat and then we'll go save the... Anyway, um, the initial accounts were that 
Alborado, the Border Patrol agent, went in the school with the shotgun, saved his wife and daughter, and killed Ramos. Do I have that right? Am I imagining that I heard that in the initial last week? That That's what I heard. I also heard he took one off the head. That's true. He has a hat. There's a Gray's mark. So there is an actual mark in his hat. It's an old baseball cap. Uh, but that's true. We heard he was grazed by the gunman, the shooter Ramos, and he killed the gun. So he has, so Laurie Ingram promotes this exclusive and I'm in, I'm hooked. I want to see him. I want to hear from him. It sounds like a real life hero. Well, she sits down with Al Barato, the ghost of Uvalde. Good one. Ironhead. And does this interview. He's kind of soft-spoken, typical hero. Doesn't brag. Just says, yeah, I had to get my wife. I had to get my daughter. The interview is, I don't know what it is, eight, 10 minutes. I'm sitting there. I'm, I like Laura. She does a great job. She hasn't invited me on the show. unlike Tucker, but you know, I'm a, I'm a fan <laughs> and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm just waiting for her to say, so you took the shotgun and you shot Ramos, right? Or you went in the door when they opened, when they got the key and you, and you were there when you're whatever you're another guy shot Ramos, you were in there. They never get to it. <laughs> she never asks. And I understand I've done interviews with ground rules before. Sometimes there are ground rules. You know, you can't ask me about my divorce or whatever. There's legal things going on. And maybe, maybe Alvarado set a ground rule or maybe his, uh, I don't know, his lawyer or whatever said, he's not going to talk about entering the classroom with all the carnage. And if that's the case, Laura should have said that she should have said, we couldn't get into that. That's under investigation, but he gets in, he talks about going in the school, finding his daughter. Great story. Finding his wife. Great story. Gets them both out alive. They're living happily ever after. Hopefully he's a, he's a lifeline. He's 42. He's lived in Evaldi his whole life. I thought border patrol agents moved around, but He's a townie in Ivaldi. His wife's been a teacher at the school for eight years. His daughter's a student. He finds them. They're alive. He gets them out. That's great. But he never says whether they confronted Ramos, shot Ramos, stopped Ramos. That's kind of important, isn't it? Am I over overdoing this? Some, or some might say it, some might say it would be like the key detail in part of the story. Some, some I mean, again, I'm happy is thrilled. His wife and daughter lived. That's great. He saved them. He, he, he didn't, he said he knew all the cops. So they kind of let him go. And by the way, Laura plays a clip of the CNN Jake Tapper segment where they're, where Al Alvarado is coming under fire, which I didn't even think of this. He's not, but the cops are for letting him through the through the line and, and pass the crime tape, letting him in the school, but not the other parents. And I'm like, well, they got a, I mean, you're another parent and you don't get to go in and your kid is dead. And the border patrol guy does get to go in because he has a shotgun and he, and he knows them. It does seem like a double standard, but I think if he indeed went in the class and killed Ramos, that's kind of a, it's kind of an important detail you got to ask. And if they say he's not going to talk about it, then you say he can't talk about it because whatever legal reasons. Uh, but let's listen to a little bit because again, he's still, there's no knock on him. As far as we know, he came up big. He saved his wife. He saved his daughter. He did not listen to Arredondo. If more cops had done what, what this guy did, then maybe more kids would be alive. But let's listen to uh, the ghost of, uh, Uvalde, Jacob Alvarado last night. To safety, 
Jacob is here with me now exclusively, and I'll let him pick up from there. Jacob, what happened once you got to the school? How'd you get in? Uh, I was trying to get to my wife's room. Um, my wife's been working there for seven, going on eight years, and I know the majority of the law enforcement there, so I just announced who I was and made my way towards my, my wife's room. And what did you see when you went in? As I went in, I just saw a whole bunch of kids running out, running, running off campus, jumping through the windows, cops breaking windows, and it was a complete chaos, pretty much. And you saw your daughter, and I know you gave her a big hug. Yes, I mean, I, I had spoken with my wife on the phone. My wife had told me that she had already left her room. She was across the street at the funeral home, and from that point on, I went to go look for my daughter. Now, on CNN today, Jake Tapper had a Secret Service agent on talking about this issue. Watch. An off-duty CBP, Customs and Border Protection Agency agent, who was able to go inside the school on the day of the shooting. Other parents and other loved ones were standing outside the school at the time, some of them even reportedly uh, being handcuffed. This is uh, a, a clear example of the complete breakdown of the incident command structure. The fact that the public was allowed to get so close to this critical incident site is shocking to me. It breaks uh, all these protocols. We have so many unanswered you know, questions right now. Now, Jacob, <laughs> um, I don't think you, the parent. What are you saying? Sorry. I'm saying we're, we just go from one controversy to the next. So you go, you got this hero cop who defies the police chief, goes in the school, saves his daughter and his wife, and we just roll into uh, it's unfair to the other parents, which I guess it is, particularly if it's some guy and he's, you know, he's ready for action and he wants to go in to save his kid and they won't let him. But then we go into they let the public too close to the school, too close. <laughs> the problem is the parents were too close. I didn't hear that's the first I've heard of it for was from that Secret Service agent. I don't know if that controversy has legs, but let's listen to a, a little bit more of uh of, of Jacob Alvarado. It doesn't make sense, too, because from what it sounds like, they were taking shelter in a place that was already shot up. Didn't he shoot into the... He funeral? shot at the funeral home. I guess it was pretty close, and that's where... Imagine that. That's where you went when the kids... <laughs> that's what I'm saying. The kids, the kids watched their classmates get murdered and the teacher get murdered, and then they bring them to the funeral home. They put them down in the basement with the, you know, the morgue with the bodies. I mean, God, I don't even want to imagine that, but... Uh, uh, the problem we have is Jacob is a hero. He saved his wife. He saved his daughter. He defied the police chief, but he does. He's not very animated. He's not a great storyteller. So it's a little frustrating. I think for Laura, he's got no emotion either talking about this incident where he saved his kid and yeah. a bunch of other kids didn't get saved. I've never heard of them breaking windows and kids jumping out of windows. I always wonder, were there windows in classrooms 112 and 111? Do they have windows? Because that's where the shooter was killing kids. Could you have, and, and that's, and they waited for a key to get in the room. Maybe they should have used, gone in the window or broken the window. But anyway, do you want to listen to a little bit more of uh, Jacob? Sure. And the protocol issues are, are, are the overall problem here. Um, but, mm -hmm. you know, the, the implicit criticism from Tapper, you'll probably not be surprised to hear that. Maybe it's slight criticism, or maybe I'm making more of it than it should be, but that, you know, you got to get in there and that the other parents didn't. And you got to make sure your kid was okay, 
even though you were helping others uh, get out. Do you have a response to that? Once again, I mean, it, it was just complete chaos. Everybody was concerned for their child. Uh, thankfully, like I said, I was off duty. Um, I've been born and raised in Uvalde for 42, going on 42 years. It's a small community. Everyone pretty much knows who I am. And like I said, my wife works there, so they all know who I was. So I was able to get on campus. And like I said, I wasn't just trying to save my child. I was trying to get as many people out of there as I could. Isn't this proof, though, that uh, the rest of the cops were gigantic? Bit, like, uh, I guess. I mean, there's a story in People magazine about the cops, an exclusive with a cop. And they, uh, you know, they're following orders and they they're told, I mean, I don't care. I don't, I don't care. You've got to defy these orders. The, the, the whole idea that your chief, that slug, uh, Arredondo, says it's a barricaded suspect. When you can hear the gunshots, barricaded suspects don't shoot the gun unless they're killing themselves or killing people. That means it's a live shooter and you have to go in there. So I'm not buying it. I, I'm, I you know, I guess they're, they're not all going to go to jail, but Arredondo certainly should go to jail and they all should be fired. They all should be fired today. Hell, make this guy the police chief. Do you think Aradon? I think uh, Alborado wants to be the police chief. I'd make him the chief. I, I would too. You don't. You don't think he was uh, shooting the skeleton in the science classroom, though? Uh, I don't know. Maybe a little target practice. Yeah. You know, maybe I don't know. It's just uh, it was a really bad, really tragic call, and there has to be consequences. You can't just say, "Well, made a mistake." Congratulations, chief. You're a city councilor now. But Anyway, we're going to wait for more narratives to fall apart. And I hope this isn't one of them. As I tweeted, I guess she's not allowed to ask about shooting the suspect, but I'd love to know if he did. I'd love to know if he went in there with the shotgun and the other agents opened that door with the key. I'd love to know what happened. The final moments of Ramos's life. I'd love to know. He must not have been allowed to, or else she's not going to be like, when you found your daughter in an active shooting situation, did you give her a hug? Yeah, and I want it's good question, it's Laura. It's tough. She, I don't think she had a choice. I'll, I'll defend her on that. It's a good get getting that guy. It wasn't her fault that he wasn't very animated. And I'm gonna guess he's got a lawyer or maybe his union. I don't know. Say so you can't talk about the you know, entering the classroom, breaching the classroom, and shooting the suspect. The question is, are we ever going to find out the truth? There's a lot of, a lot of people pretty comfortably lying mm. down there in Avaldi and uh, it's been going on a week and it's just like one, you know, myth after another. It's, it's uh, going to get real, real crazy. I think when the parents start t getting together right. and then making statements together, that's when it's going to explode and the truth will probably yeah, come out then. That'd be another good exclusive. The mother who was handcuffed, yeah. you know, the father who was threatened with a taser and did their children get killed? I mean, obviously a lot of kids survived. There's 600 kids and 20 were, uh, 19 were murdered. So most of them survived, but uh, the ones who didn't, man, you look at their pictures, their little bios, their parents, it's brutal. And then you find out that they tried to get in there and they were stopped while he wasn't. Uh, it's not going away. This is going to get a little, this is going to get nuts and hopefully uh, we get to see. I just want to see Arredondo in handcuffs being frog marched out of the city council meeting or the police headquarters. But uh, we got to move. I got to get to this Biden thing. Let's do Shay and then we'll do uh, the dumbest, the dumbest thing the Biden administration has said today. All right. That's, that's, I'll leave it at that. We'll play it. Let you decide. 
This is uh, for you homeowners and home builders out there. Did you know that Shake Concrete has a huge selection of precast concrete steps? Of course you did. I've been telling you about this. This is the best thing. I think it might be the best thing they do is their precast concrete steps. Whether you're building a new home or you need to replace an old staircase in an old home, Shea has great values with designs for any home. Available in concrete, or you can customize the steps with beautiful stone, granite, or brick. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front front entrance of your home. In most cases, they can remove the old stairs and have you walking up your new front steps within hours. Just like that, you call Shea, they come over, they take the old steps away, which, by the way, they're really heavy. That is a pain in the ass. They take the old steps away, they put the new steps. You can sit in the window with the AC cranking and watch it all happen. And when they're done, your house looks better and it's worth more. This isn't an expense, this is an investment in your home. Check it out. You can learn more about Shea's precast concrete steps at SheaConcrete.com. And by the way, you can also look for a job there. You can go to Shea Concrete or get on SheaConcrete.com. They're always hiring. It's a great company, a great place to work. Maybe it's time for you to upgrade your profession and go work for Shea. Check that out as well at SheaConcrete.com. This was... This was just, just casual, comfortable conversation. Karine uh, Jean-Pierre, who is much worse at this than Jen Saki, much worse. She's not prepared for this. She's not ready. Uh, she doesn't, she doesn't mind lying. She tells lies. That's what you do when you're a Biden spokesman. But she's just not ready for the questions. She's just not ready for Peter Ducey. And it's not just Ducey, by the way. There was somebody else, and I don't think, uh, we don't have to get to this, but some other reporter asked Jean-Pierre about Biden's lie. Biden, the other night, the other day, spoke at the commencement at at Annapolis, the U.S. Naval Academy, and he said he uh, was considering going there in 1965, but he didn't go because of Roger Staubach and Joe Bellino, and he wanted to be a football star, and they were there already. It was a bizarre bizarre lie. It was typical Biden lie. It doesn't really accomplish anything. Nobody believes it. It's just one of those things that comes out of the cobwebs of his decaying mind. And she was asked about it. And she says, I don't know what you're talking about. He was not ready for it. A rational reporter and not Peter Ducey said, why did he tell that stupid lie? I mean, obviously the years don't even add up. He graduated from uh, Delaware before he was uh, allegedly looking for an appointment to the Naval Academy, but he just made it up in the moment. It's silly. I mean, we could play it, but this is bad. This, that's not important. That's just a dumb Biden lie. He tells them every day. This is insane. He's asked, she's asked about his stance on hardening schools. Now we've been talking about this for a week. I think I know what hardening schools means. I think it means, you know, locking the doors. First of all, it means better security. It means fences. It means perhaps armed guards or police officers, you know, at the front. It means one entrance. It means cameras. It means maybe buzzing people into the school. It means just uh, making it more difficult to enter the school. There are many ways to harden the school. Some are more difficult, more expensive than others, having armed cops in the school as opposed to just, you know, better locks better doors, taller fences. That's hardening schools. Is that what you would understand hardening schools to mean? Yeah, locking them down, protecting the kids. 
Yeah, like that. Really radical stuff, protecting the kids. Not giving turquoise hair, nose ring people guns, but you know, just locking <laughs> that, the that, school down. That, well, that's, you know, that's just, we, we've gone through this. Gun control, gun safety, you know, selling IF. Those are issues that we've been discussing. I've been talking about for the last week, and so is everybody on cable news and radio and everything else. It's we, there's, there's many issues here, mental health, uh, fatherless homes, guns. I mean, guns is all they talk about on CNN or MSNBC, but there are many factors here, many questions. I just assume hardening schools was a no brainer. You don't, again, it's not like you're going to build a moat full of sharks around the school. There's limits, but every elementary school is now looking at, you know, making sure there's one entry point, making sure the back door is locked. Even if a teacher goes out for a smoke, they lock it, making sure if they have cameras and someone suspicious is on the grounds, they call the cops. The cops are saying, here's what you want to do. Make sure that when those windows are locked, that door is locked, that, the, you know, you need an ID to get in here. There's just many ways to harden the target. Right. And I assume we all agree on that. All agree. I mean, not all agree on cops and schools. We know Ayanna Presley and Liz Warren fought hard to get armed police officers out of school because they don't care about kids. But for the most part, we agree hardening schools makes sense. Yeah. Now listen, now listen to the spokesman for Joe Biden answer a question about hardening schools. I, I, I could not believe the answer. Go ahead. And uh, when it comes to uh, when it comes to schools and, and I don't know what he said specifically about about schools. I know there's been a conversation about hardening schools. That is not something that he believes in. He believes that we should be able whoa, to, whoa, to give whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, teachers whoa, 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 the resources whoa, whoa. Hold on, to be hold able on, to. Hold on, honey. Hold on, Jean. Uh, I mean, Kareem. Jean. Jean-Pierre. Jean. Kareem. Jean. Kareem. Jean-Pierre. Hold on. Did she just say what I think she said? Did she just say he does not believe in hardening schools? Correct. That's what she said, right? Yep. <sighs> Okie dokie. How could anyone not believe in hardening schools? What, what does that even mean? I understand. If you said, no, it's too expensive, that would, I guess, I disagree, but I'd say, okay, you maybe you, you don't think the government should spend money on, you know, f- what fences around elementary schools. But this is a guy who doesn't care about taxpayers' money. We know that. There's a guy who just sent $40 billion to Ukraine and wants to send more. There's a guy who doesn't mind running up the, the debt and squandering billions. That, that's not an issue. So what would be the logic? What? Go ahead. Play. I mean... You 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 play the devil's you play Joe Biden here for me, Ironhead. Mm-hmm. Yep. Give me any any possible scenario, any possible argument against hardening elementary schools. Go ahead. Uh, listen here, Jack. <laughs> there's a, there's a reason that his approval rating is literally the lowest of all the modern presidents that came out yesterday. Did you see the approval rating in West Virginia? I love this. 19%. <laughs> I've never heard of an approval rating for anything that, I mean, in this country, just being a two party system, there's going to be a certain number of Democrats that always support the Democrat Republicans. All, so I've never heard of this approval rating that low in Massachusetts. It's 45 Massachusetts. And that's high. There are all these States, all these Ohio and Michigan and he's underwater and he only has what, six months left for the, to the midterms. If it stays like this, it's going to be such a disaster. But 
I assume she'll clean up this mess. And I don't even know if it's Biden's fault or her fault, but I assume today she's going to say, I misspoke. He believes in her. How do you say, I don't believe in securing schools, (laughs) children in schools. Again, you go back to securing, you know, whatever jewelry stores or, or banks or stadiums or, you know, you the capital. I mean, is anything more secure than the U S capital? All they're doing is protecting a bunch of 87 year old gas bags. In this case, you're talking about six year olds and Joe Biden doesn't believe in hardening the school. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was in the foothills foot, uh, foot, <laughs> of the Himalayas. Uh, he's just, and, and you know, oh boy, we were uh, ahead of the curve on the uh, nine millimeter too, man. Yet the nine millimeter, which Joe Biden claims blows your lung out of your body. Nine millimeter, which is yeah. used very, very, very common gun, very common handgun. Mm-hmm which used by the people protecting him and his wife and his kids and his crack addled son. They're all protected with nine millimeters and AR 15s, but he wants to make sure you are not afforded the same protection. But even, even, you know, the CNNs and they, every, everyone was laughing at that. Again, we're having a gun control debate, a gun debate with a guy who thinks a certain caliber bullet blows your lung out of your body. Just poof, there goes my lung. What about Throw your it heart? Covered to pressure. <laughs> You're so stupid. <laughs> All right, quickly, quickly, because I, I, I saw this. Can I just say, here's how, here's how bad, how radical Barack Obama is. It, it, this, this absolutely cracked me up. As we know, the Babylon Bee, a satire site on Twitter, has been banned because they said Leah Thomas was a man. Still banned, by the way, and they're the friends, but they've done their they've done great work here because they are friends of Elon Musk, and I think they're the driving force behind Musk's acquisition. But now they post their jokes, their funny uh, satire stories on online, and email them out. And so I tweeted one of their satire joke stories, and it was Barack Obama wants us on this Memorial Day. Barack Obama wants us all to honor George Floyd. It's a joke. The whole story is a joke. I tweeted that out and (laughs) at least half the people who responded thought it was real. That's how bad, that's how radical Barack Obama is. I thought this, this sign in the New York subway had to be, had to be a joke. I'm looking at it. I read it and then I Googled it and then I read a story and I said, this can't be real. This is real. I want to get to this before we wrap this up. Can you, can you get to the sign in the New York subway, which tells you how to safely do heroin? That's, that's, that's what it does. It tells you, and it tells you, uh, here's, here's the sign. They got a woman. She looks healthy. doesn't look like a heroin addict. Okay. And it says, don't be ashamed. You are using, be empowered that you're using safely. And then it has tips on how to use heroin. It's, it says that and it's paid for by the New York city health department. A billboard in the subway explains that heroin addiction is empowering. It suggests, and I didn't know this. I'm going to remember this next time you do heroin. It says, Avoid using alone. 
Next tip, start with small doses. Then it says use safely. I, I, I mean, I'm not really uh, familiar, very familiar with uh, uh, heroin. Like I didn't never, I never saw anyone do it. I've seen it in the movies. Um, is, <laughs> is it possible to use heroin safely? No, <laughs> I mean, it's like you, you're, you're gambling on the cleanliness of the needle you're injecting it with. Or, I would say, put or you're a snorting real, it. Uh, I'd say have a picture of a real, you know, heroin addict on there, all drawn out with sores and maybe have a picture of Hunter Biden there or something and, and, and have someone, you know, would be even better saying, you never know it may contain fentanyl. It will kill you. Don't I'm do it. I'm surprised it's not saying some of the most creative people uh, you've ever heard of wrote music while on heroin. On heroin, I mean, it's it's amazing. I was listening to Warren Zevon. I, I I used to love him, and I thought a little nostalgic. I listened to some Warren Zevon the other day. He does a song about doing heroin. He actually write. It's a song about uh, about his dealer and where he meets his dealer and how he's losing it all because he's shooting up. <laughs> I think it's autobiographical. I'm thinking who's, who's ever written a song about doing heroin, like literally personally doing heroin. Uh, that's what kind of guy Ron Sivan was. He took chances, but this person is a model, right? She's modeling for a billboard. The billboard is telling you how to use heroin. <laughs> Did she know that when she posed for the photos? Probably stock it's photo. Just, it's just so bizarre. This is the subway where, you know, young black guys are pushing old Asian ladies in front of subway cars and guys are, you know, beating up women and, and crapping on the floor and living it. And they decide, here's what we'll do with the taxpayer money. We'll tell people how to safely use heroin. Those are your tax dollars at work, people. That's why I always blows my mind when any person who works for a living supports the tax hike or supports higher taxes until they stop spending it like that. How could you ever support higher taxes? Because obviously the government has too much money because they're spending some of it telling people on the subway how to safely do heroin. It's a it's a wild thing. It's, it's a wild thing to be like, yeah, why don't you just go and do this? We, we have these little up, stations for you. Don't shoot up alone. Why, by the way, why is that? Because it's you, you like have good time. It's like don't drink alone. Same thing. It's no fun to shoot up alone. I don't know. I was, you know, I think I'm a little old for that, and I was. I hate needles. But now that I saw that ad, I'm thinking of giving it a try. Maybe this weekend. Could you find me? Go yeah, they're, up with that. They're gonna start. You know what, they're gonna start you know, putting uh, like camping, uh, you know, packages together, and they're gonna start including Narcan just just for the something. <laughs> Do you know any dealers? I need to find a dealer. You know, a good dealer. I mean, I'm bored. I'm you know, I had beer and wine. What's no fun? I want to get some heroin. <laughs> I, I didn't. Didn't never thought of that till I rode the subway, but now that I think of it, I want to just give it a shot. No pun intended. Uh, yeah, Jenny. I, Jenny I, makes Skinner look so good in Forrest Gump. <laughs> I have to kid. I want to walk along the railing outside. You know what? I'm going to feel like a fool, and so are you, if we find out that was a joke. Can you, I, know. I mean, is that a joke? No, I think I've seen. I'm this. looking at. There's a there's a city councilman who was pissed. Joe Borelli, he's kind of a moderate city council, and he does a whole thing on how insane this is. 
So I think it's real. That's your New York City Health Department at work. They're done with COVID. They're moving on to helping people do heroin. But, Thank God. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go shoot up. Let's uh, wrap this up, Ironhead. What What I miss? Anything important? Not that important. That's for sure. All right, we'll do our we'll do our Celtics predictions again tomorrow. Tomorrow's game one out in San Francisco. Looking forward to that. Staying up late, watching hoops Ugh. for seven more games. Deshaun Watson has a 23rd massage therapist step forward, accusing him. He might not be in trouble criminally, legally, but civilly, he is going to pay out a lot of dough eventually. But uh, hopefully, you know, he gets it all done by opening day. So the Browns have their quarterback. But But Baker uh, Mayfield's still there just in case. He's still there. (laughs) I don't think he's going back to Cleveland, but he's still there in Cleveland. in limbo, but uh, he'll end up somewhere, whatever. There's a lot of bad quarterbacks, and he's among them, but uh, I think he'll end up starting somewhere. But I, If uh, I was anyway. Miami, I would I would try to trade for him. I don't know. There's good early, review, early reviews on Tua. They're going to try to salvage Tua, mm-hmm. and that'll be fun because he's fun to watch. He got a stunk last year, but he's fun to watch. Anyway, we'll have plenty of time to do that, to preview the NFL season. We will leave it there for today. Thank you to everybody for watching, for listening. Thanks to you, Ironhead. Thanks to our marketing manager, Graham. Great job. Appreciate it, Cal. Appreciate it, guy. All right, I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Show, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not. Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.